Being passionate about your business or career is one thing. It's the full engagement of having found a fulfilling career expression that really helps you live out your purpose. But does your entire identity and self-worth depend on your business success? Are you emotionally dependent on career success? Do you sacrifice other areas of your life like relationships or your health because your career has become an obsession that dominates your mind? This is when a healthy relationship with your work has turned to toxic addiction. And it might have something to do with your brain. That's the conversation on this episode of I Am Vibrant. Hi there, I'm Leah Lund. I am an energy and capacity transformation coach and the creator of One Whole Health and the Spiritual Wealth Creation Method. And you're listening to I Am Vibrant. If you're enjoying this podcast, by the way, please help us out by giving us a five-star review. That helps others like you learn to lead a healthy, conscious, high-frequency business and life. And that makes a difference in the energy and the consciousness of our world. So I appreciate you sharing and giving us a review. So on to the topic of this episode. Do you get so fixated on your business or career that you rarely unplug? Do you find yourself working all hours of the day and night? Have you even started to feel like your business or your career is your identity? Do you look to your work for an emotional hit or fix? Is this good work ethic or is this obsession? Is this healthy passion or toxic addiction? Well, today I'm going to be sharing the signs that your work may have become an addiction. I'll also talk about the root cause of this addiction, and we'll look at this unhealthy relationship and what it with your work and what it's costing you. Most importantly, I'll help you balance out your life again so that your career can be one of your many passions that you enjoy in a healthy way. So let's start with the basics of what is an addiction. Now, of course, well, I have to say the vast majority of people have some kind of addiction or another, but we typically tend to use that word when we're talking about food addiction or substance abuse or something like that. It is interesting how differently in our society we treat a workaholic. Even though we actually use that word, it has a holic at the end of it. It's not often recognized as an addiction, but it can be as damaging as any of those other addictions that I mentioned, damaging to your peace, damaging to your joy. Let's face it, our society, and maybe even your personal imprinting from parents and mentors in your life might have wired you to think that workaholic, perfectionist, that these are admirable qualities, but at what cost? So the definition of an addiction is the continued use of something despite negative consequences. And for me, an addiction is the opposite of a healthy indifference. And a healthy indifference is independent use or engagement of something. So healthy indifference means you can take it or leave it. And right now you could maybe just to get a clear picture, think of this in relationship to sugar or think of it in relationship to uh, social media use, device use. 
because when you can see it there clearly, then you can translate it over and take a, a good, honest look at your career and how you're, what kind of relationship you have with it. So healthy indifference is you can take it or leave it a little bit. Doesn't set off a binge. You can stop when you want to, and you can manage the amount of time you dedicate to it. You're not doing it to feel an emotion or to stop an emotion or to feel good about yourself. You're not personalizing things. You're not getting emotionally uh, involved and you're not reliant on the hit. So like I said, I use healthy indifference with clients to, to as an end goal for eating a lot of times in reference to sugar, could be for device use, could be for codependent relationship. But as I share here, notice if it applies to you in any of those areas, because then you can use that as a comparison to your work. You can plug work into the equation as the quote unquote substance and see more clearly because workaholic as a term is a little trickier for all the reasons that I already um, mentioned above. Also notice already right now, check in with the mind. Are you feeling guilty or embarrassed or uncomfortable with this conversation? Because maybe things are ringing really true already. Stay with me because at the core, all addictions are biochemical. And I'm going to talk about that. It's not you. It's not who you are. It might actually be just be something that's going on in your brain. Okay. So here is definition of addiction from the DSM. DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. I don't love labels, to be honest, for any of this. I think we are, I know, <laughs> we are shifting energy, which means we are multifaceted, constantly moving combinations of molecules with an energetic state. And we can shift that energetic state. So don't get too locked into DSM labels. However, here is what the DSM says about addiction. So being unable, even when wanting to cut down or regulate use and having tried several times to cut down or regulate use, AKA regulate the amount of time you're working. Worry, next point, worrying about the next dose or getting a consistent supply of the, I'm doing air quotes, substance. Next one, experiencing intense cravings or urges at any time, but especially in places where it's attained. So ur urge, urge to work all the time, devoting considerable time to getting, taking, or, or recovering from the substance. In this case, the substances are, is work. And so the recovery would be, do you crash? Do you like work, 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 overwork, work, 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 stay so, 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 so busy, and then hit a wall and you're exhausted and you crash and burn. Neglecting other roles and responsibilities like personal relationships, your own health, experiencing interpersonal problems as a result, even adapting your social patterns like withdrawing maybe from social activities in order to get your hit from work, using work or your career despite knowing that it is causing some of these disruptions in the rest of your life, being secretive about work activities. I, I have a client that literally hides in her closet when she gets on her phone to be emailing about work because her family, you know, calls her on it. That's secretiveness that is very indicative of addiction. Are there sudden changes in your activity patterns, you know, refusing to participate in some things always 
excusing yourself maybe from social activity or even your exercise routine to focus on work first? And does it ultimately wear you out, burn you out and leave you in a loss of energy or motivation? Are you emotionally dependent on your career success so much so that then it, it almost becomes an entity of its own and like a, a bully partner or bully relationship in your life? So the bottom line here is we're talking about overdoing something, overworking, not being able to choose, not having the balance, not being able to designate or the time you spend on your career or control the amount of your life that's dedicated to your career or being very overly attached to it, identifying with it and taking things personally here. So that's DSM type definition of classic addiction. And we're inserting work or your career or your business that you run into this. So how I see this present with clients is that there's an emotional hit or fix, an emotional dependence on career and career identity, that worthiness is tied to it. So do you turn to your work to feel worthy? Do you turn to your work to feel better in any way? Do you turn to your work to stop feeling something else like maybe loneliness? I'm feeling lonely, so I'm just going to keep busy and work, 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 and not think about how much weight I've gained, not think about how uh, uh, I'm looking for love in my life and I haven't had a successful relationship, something like that. If self-worth comes from your career accomplishments, if that's where your self-worth is rooted and therefore dependent on, I'll give an example. My early corporate days, I was so wired from a young, young age for perfectionism. And by the way, if you're going, oh yeah, me too, underneath perfectionism, there's always shame or trauma of some kind. And so I took my perfectionistic ways into corporate work that was in the arena of sales and service. It was retail. And it was probably the worst possible career for a perfectionist because depending on the day's sales results, the numbers, my self-worth would be a roller coaster. I'm good, I'm bad, I'm good, I'm bad, I'm good, I'm bad. And operating that way was exhausting. It was a recipe for burnout and it did cause mental, physical, emotional, and even spiritual burnout so much so that one day I just walked away without a plan and started doing the inner work to develop the worthiness on my own and not be dependent on my career for it. So do you, does that resonate for you? Do you start working and you can't stop? Are there negative consequences going on? Like are your personal relationships suffering? Are you losing space and time in your life for hobbies or interests? Are you even saying, what? Hobbies and interests, what's that? Is your health suffering? But you keep overworking anyway. Are you taking the business events and outcomes, the success or the failure personally? I'm good, I'm bad. Has your work become who you are, not what you do? So right now, check in with yourself. Take a breath. Be honest. Growth can only happen when we're clear with ourselves, self-honest. So check in. Is vacation hard for you? Is downtime hard for you? 
Is it hard for you to sit still? One of the rituals that I teach and assign to my clients is vitamin U. So in my case, it's vitamin Leah, but it would be vitamin U. And vitamin U is taking time for solitude, carving out a couple hours a week. What I do is at least once a month, I do an overnight stay somewhere all by myself. Sometimes it's like staycation in my own town, but not in my own home. Just to be with yourself. Now, if you're like some, uh, like a client of mine recently that I assigned that to, she said, what am I going to do with myself? Exactly. Find out. If you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, then your self-worth is so much more likely to be dependent on something outside of you. Maybe you're having even imposter syndrome in your career. If, if that's all the case, this is sign of addiction. And then the quiet time is very uncomfortable for you because the false sense of self-worth drops. So it seems better to just keep busy and don't feel all of that. Because when you're alone with yourself, you feel everything that you've been using your career fix to avoid and using your work to cover up. The self-criticism might come in, the self-judgment, the self-hatred, or maybe the recognition of the dreams and desires that you've been putting aside for somebody else, maybe. Maybe where you, you see and feel so clearly where your life has been following somebody else's expectations or plans or guidelines. And this gets heavy, real heavy. So it's easier to just stay busy. Don't look inward. Are you personalizing career? Is your career performance, has it become like a codependent lover? These are all signs that your passion has actually turned addiction and that you're a workaholic. And so, but let's do, let's do a final check-in on, on that. And determine for sure, is this an addiction or is this just a habit or a choice? So if it's a habit, or it could be a choice because it's necessary for you to work, to put food on the table, to provide for your family, that's one thing. An addiction is something completely else. So if you're in a necessary job right now, and it's simply about providing for yourself or your family, when the workday is done, so are your thoughts about it. Shift is over. You go home, you enjoy your life, you enjoy the people in it. If you happen to lose your job, let's say, the only concern is really financial, practical, providing, and then finding other work. So it's not emotional. It's just sort of factual, straightforward. And probably if you're in that situation, you also have a dream or a goal to find more meaningful work one day because you, you see your current work as just what it is. It's a means to an end, it's what you do to provide it's not personal. Maybe you've been trained into the habit of putting in overtime at work, extra time. If it's simply just a habit, then you can make a choice and you can stop doing that. Now, you might need some phone reminders at first or some accountability check-ins to change a habit because it's like any other habit. But all it really takes to break a habit of any kind is to decide and to practice a new habit. 
So if your habit is to stay late at work, you decide you're going to leave on time, you're going to put it away if you work independently or work from home and be done at five o'clock and you practice yourself into that new habit. And it's simply a matter of that retraining your habit. Then you close it down in the evening, you're with your family, you're off of social media, etc. So if you're having a hard time distinguishing here, I just want to repeat again to start first, maybe even with like social media addiction and device addiction and check in with yourself on that and then see where it appears in a similar way regarding your work. Or maybe, maybe it's one and the same, but sometimes it's easier to see something in almost an extreme example, and then bring it home to a more personal view of your relationship with your work. So, but habits at the core, you just decide, you change it, you practice it, and you make a shift. If it's an addiction, you try to do that and you can't. So addictions have exaggerated, exaggerated pain at the aspect of being unsuccessful in your performance we could maybe use the term sore loser. You know, it, 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 there's an emotional charge when you're not successful with it. There is an emotional dependence on being engaged in the work all the time. You might see things like crying. You might cry over work. You might yell over work. You might have big reactions over work and your career and your business versus a neutral response, a logical thing, problem solutions conflict resolution. So um, this really brings me to the root cause of any addiction, sugar, social media, career, work, uh, codependent relationship. Any addiction has a biochemical root cause that could be drastically exaggerating your response to things. And so I want to talk about the areas where you could have a neurotransmitter depletion, a brain chemistry depletion is what that is, in four different types of brain chemical that could actually be exaggerating this whole feeling of addiction to your work. So if you're feeling worried all the time, anxious, all the time, if you have low self-esteem or guilt, if you obsess about job performance, future of your business, business success, anything like that, if you're a perfectionist, if you get real irritable when things aren't going well in your business, if you have panic attacks about the future of your business or career, if you're hyperactive because you don't want to slow down and think and feel too much, or if you lose sleep over work. These are all classic low serotonin symptoms. And low serotonin symptoms can present themselves in work and they can present themselves in personal. And we use a lot of substitutes for low serotonin. Antidepressants are one of them, but substances as well, alcohol, marijuana, ecstasy, um, and even sweets and starches. Now, what about if you're not working, you feel bored, you feel apathetic, you lose your drive or your motivation, you have to be busy, 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 busy in order to stay focused. 
These are all signs of low catecholamine, which are things like dopamine, norepinephrine, epinephrine. And again, there's substitutes. Cocaine is a substitute for dopamine. So is methamphetamine. Caffeine can be alcohol, marijuana can be, opiates can be, ADD medications. This is what ADD is, is low dopamine and other catecholamines. Are you overstressed and burned out, not able to sleep, get overwhelmed, and yet can't, can't find relief in downtime in that vacation like I talked about? These are signs of low GABA. And GABA is, an, is a brain chemical that neutralizes adrenaline. So without GABA, you never get neutralized. You're always in a high-induced and adrenaline-induced state and might find yourself turning to, again, alcohol, marijuana, but prescriptions like Xanax and Ativan, Clonopin, Valium. Some people even use tobacco. A lot of people use tobacco for dopamine, for a motivation burst, a focus burst, but some use it to calm down. And lastly, are you tearing up and crying about business? Are you overly sensitive or emotional and have seem to have no tolerance for emotional and even actually physical pain? And do you use the word love inappropriately, whether it's I love cheese and chocolate or I love my work, but it's a dependent kind of love? These are signs of low endorphin and substitutes for endorphin are oxy and Vicodin and, and heroin and chocolate and sweets and starches and exercise because that boosts. So do you find you're a little obsessed with your exercise as well? These are all signs of low endorphin. So I mentioned the term substitute and I gave you some examples. These are substances, activities with endorphin. It can be um, workaholic. It can be returning to pornography. It can be having an affair stimulating, artificially stimulating endorphin so that you feel better. These are, I gave lots of examples of substitutes. Your career, your business can be a substitute for any of those as well. So if you're using and need a career fix, a hit to feel emotionally stable, to feel self-confident, to have a positive outlook, to have a sense of humor, to be alert, to have mental focus, to be enthusiastic, to feel energy, to feel calm, to feel pleasure, to feel reward, to feel good in your own skin. That's where the passion has turned to addiction. So I want to mention really briefly for the single ladies out there, is your career your primary relationship? I fell into this early on in my corporate career because I didn't have any reason to stop. You know, I didn't have anyone at home waiting for me. So I worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and used my career to pretend I had a life. I also had a professional colleague years ago and we were going to work on a project together. And so we started communicating and spending a lot more time together um, in order you know, to work on this project. And at one point she said, I feel like we're dating. And that was like a ding, ding, ding. Okay, something is a little off here. That was a sign which led to many other signs of it being a codependent thing. She began messaging me at all hours of the day. 
um, you know, craving affirmation and validation from me and from the project and trying to get an emotional reaction out of me all the time. It, it was a very emotionally dependent uh, relationship for purposes of this project. And that was the last project I ever did with that person. So note that, especially if you're single, is your career, your replacement for other meaningful relationships. And it really can become, it can feel that way. Like it is an identity. It becomes your identity, but also a partner in your life. So I think you've got a clear picture now on signs that your work can be an addiction, as well as root cause biochemically. And so it's time to do a final check-in for yourself. Engagement and energy are wonderful. You know, feeling truly passionate about the work you do is part of our purpose here. And when you're in that, when it's a healthy indifference passion. You already feel a high frequency first, and then your your work is a an expression of it. And that's very different from using your work to for a hit, for a fix of feeling good, or avoiding your home life, or avoiding your physical health, using that career to feel good and create an identity or an image. So ask yourself, is your career leading are you leading your career or is your career running you? Are you using your career and your work and your business to feel good about yourself, to create an identity or an image, to hide your true self? Are you using it for validation or affirmation? Or are you sovereign in you first? You know you are worthy. You know you are here to be a powerful creator. You're simply using all that you are to play in the fertile field of possibility. If you're like most humans, you probably vacillate from one end of the spectrum to the other here. Or maybe this is really hit home because the majority of your time, your dominant thoughts are in the area of toxic addiction. Either way, I'm here to remind you, you're born from light. You are born from light. You're here to be a powerful creator of many things. Life is meant to be enjoyed. All of life. And you're meant to feel good. So if you've got room to grow in this area, I can help. Let's start with our brain chemistry assessment. This is a no-cost online assessment. You get a copy. You'll know immediately if your brain chemistry is depleted. And then you can relate the symptoms to using your career, your work, your business as a substitute. So you can find that assessment in the show notes, there's a link for it. It's a bit.ly, so bit.ly forward slash brain chemistry assessment. Check it out and take some action if you find. This can be balanced out. The brain chemistry can be restored. You can learn new habits to make your career one of the fulfilling aspects of your life. Let me know it's helpful in the comments and I will be with you on the next episode of I Am Vibrant.